This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Songs about rainbows and what's on the other side. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. I know that they're wrong. Wait and see. Do you know that song? I don't think so. I was waiting for like a hook or something. <laughs> the lovers, the dreamers, and me. <laughs> Where no, is that you don't from? Know that one. It's from the Muppets movie, 1979. All right, I'm going to give you another one. Oh my one. gosh, this you are. So Jade is really a 57-year-old man. I am. Name and you never saw the Muppets movie? I know that I have, but I don't remember it like you do. And you talk about 1979 That's... like you were here. <laughs> well, the Muppets movie has lived and it, it still it continues to live on to this day. It but does. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you another intro. You're getting okay, two this week fine. since that did not resonate. It did. I mean, it, I'm sure it resonated with others. I just I it care. took me a minute. All right. Hold on. Here we go. <clears throat> what you think about a girl like me? Hey. Got my own car and spend my own money only real selling when I'm feeling lonely when it's all over please get up and leave please don't call me baby cause I'll call you don't be the extra feelings got a lot to do cause I am my number one priority no falling in love no commitment from me all my independent women thought of as a baby and all my sexy women thought oh my gosh Woo shit i mean that was a chaotic a... ass song i'm not gonna hold you <laughs> and who knew who knew i mean the the children didn't know that independent women Destiny's Child sampled that. The girls didn't know. You know what? I'm not surprised by that. They didn't know. The young people were. By that. They thought Beyonce wrote that. Nope. She didn't. She did not at all. Actually, nope. so not a little sorry. bit. 
Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome, blacks, to the ride, honey. Down to the ghettos of adulthood, the worst hood we've ever mm. endeavored to live in. We've uh, missed you guys. How is everyone doing? Oh my gosh, I feel like we haven't been here in a month of Sunday. It's been a little while, but let me tell you, last week's spring cleaning episode, honey, mm, mm-hmm, slapped, mm-hmm. got me right together. I have to tell right you, together. I don't typically listen back, mm-hmm. but in the spirit of the hard refresh, right, I didn't feel like it would be fair for me to encourage you all to take a listen to the reprise without me also journeying back into some of our kitchen tables of old right along with you. And let me tell you, honey, points were being made. Boots, okay? Message Uh, received. If you are lost as to what we are talking about, um, last week we have a compiled gumbo episode Mm -hmm. that focuses on spring cleaning in many different facets, in the physical sense, in the mental um, and spiritual sense, in that personal sense, in all of those things. So if you have not listened... In terms of your space, in terms of your relationships, Mm. family, friends, otherwise, Mm. in terms of your goals, your personal successes, Mm -hmm. things that you are... Yes, things that you are aspiring towards in this year and beyond. Honey, Mm -hmm. it was a good... It was a good time for me. And, you know, in the spirit of spring cleaning, I tapped into our auntie spirit. You know how your aunties would tell you, put a little bleach in that water. Put a little bleach. You just need a little bleach in that water. A tinch, in the words of Crystal Jean. Just a tinch of the bleach in that water. And that's how you know it's clean, for real. So y'all listen. go ahead and, and take a listen to that episode. It's called Put a yes. Little Bleach in That Water. You're going to get your lives if you haven't gotten them already. But let us know in the comments how, if, if, and and what resonated with you all from, from the gumbo episode. Okay? Absolutely. And, um... I still put a little bleach in my water in a very literal sense. And I know. I so I also too as well. Like, and I'm not just talking about mop water. That is, that goes without being said. That's a given. Um, I put a little bleach in my dishwater. Mm. In the dishwater <laughs> I have, but also very important for cleaning the bathrooms and. Oh, what? Yes. I mean. Again, without being said, the base of that toilet. All the tub, of this. Listen. Can it's I tell you know what bleach and I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it for the for the for the petty peeve because I do have a petty peeve as it pertains to cleaning and I never thought that I would ever wow. say that, but um, I do. So I'm gonna put that in my notes right this second that that before I forget. But sister, how yeah. are you? We haven't recorded live together know, in weeks. I know it's been a little while, uh, but I'm doing. I, I haven't any complaints. I'm safe and I have what I need. Uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, you know, life is lifing and change mm. is changing. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you are riding the wave of change, sometimes it's feeling a little rickety rockety. You don't really know what's coming around the bend. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of in, in this like in this limbo kind of space. Where it's like, okay, uh, we just going to ride this thing out and see where we go. Oh, sister. But we're trusting and we're believing. Uh, You know, work is great. Work is intense. Engaging different partners. And I feel like I'm building different muscles as it relates to my 
skills, mm-hmm. which yes. is good, which is good. Yes. But you know, with any type of strength training, it hurts before it feels good. You can't walk the next day. The soreness, okay? Mm-hmm. All of that, mm-hmm. the discomfort. And, you know, I'm in the gym. We're still, we're into almost headed into almost, we're ending out week four of the eight-week challenge. Come on. Your girl is, your girl is, let me make sure I say it right, okay? Because, you know, I, this is a whole new lingo. It's a new culture for me. Okay. You're going to be speaking I'm, German to me, but yes, keep going. Yes, I'm making, I'm making good choices. <laughs> um taking my vitamins and doing my meal prep. I'm okay. also trying, I'm, I, I think the new, the wave is, I saw this, this um, TikTok talking about mm-hmm. how the girls is abandoning, not abandoning, but we are, we are, are stepping into the muscle mommy era where the oh. girls are being more comfortable lifting. I think women have grown to recognize the benefits of strength training, particularly okay. lifting heavier. Okay. Okay. And I'm with it. I'm with my it. My trainer is fully aligned with this, and she be having all manner of extremely heavy weights out on the floor. Come and on. I have to tell you that I am, I am stunned, shocked, and appalled at the uh, uh, just uh, taken aback at how much I am actually able to do when I try. It's crazy. Cause you're stronger than yesterday. Yes, I like mm-hmm. literally so. Uh, I am like, you know, I'm doing like, I know the terms. Like when somebody says do a RDL, I'm not looking at them like they're speaking <laughs> another on, language. Yes. What is it? Dead, re- deadlifts, right? Rep yes. deadlifts. Reverse, ah! Yes. Something <laughs> to me. that extent. You know, I don't know, but I know the movement. I might not be yeah. able to. Yes. And, but you know, I'm squatting today was leg day. I squatted. Oh, come on. Leg I squatted. Day. I, I hope think a couple of niggas joined you. 170 pounds. <laughs> I was squatting. What? Okay, you see, this is why all Barbell the bad squats. bitches are going to be out here with strong calves and muscles and thighs. I know. And it's a whole you know, thing. If I'm you taking... niggas don't get it together, you're going to keep running around with these little chicken legs looking like Listen. pigeons. Listen, I mean, the, the science of it is really, it's really been an educational experience, understanding, yeah. uh, you know, the body a little bit better uh, and what it, what it needs, what it requires. And honestly, if I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I do feel mm-hmm. like I'm already starting to see a little bit of progress in myself. I live. And, I, uh, you know, I don't have a weight goal. Y'all know that I have broken up with the scale and I'm never going back. Uh, but I just want to look amazing. I want to feel amazing. Uh, and I want to accept my body as it is uh, mm-hmm. in every step of this journey. So I'm trying to learn how to celebrate my jiggling thighs right now mm-hmm. <laughs> while yes. I'm squatting. I'm trying to celebrate them. And if they should tone up and get a little tighter, then I welcome that. But I'm trying my best to, and I'm doing, you know, shout out to all the people that are helping me and holding me accountable on the Instagrams. I'm posting my little right. workout videos. If you want to see my jiggling, t- t- you and my jiggling and tail fantastic. and my geriatric burpees, shout out to all of us who are doing <laughs> geriatric burpees. Oh. Because I have to take my time, okay? Auntie is not trying to get injured down to the gym, okay? So I'm going to take my the time. last time I went to a boxing class, you know, I thought it was just going to be us Mm-mm. throwing snuffs. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't. 
it was like reps of things and running around and doing shit. It really is a whole end, different life. It's doing a lifestyle. Burpees. And oh. I was the last fucking person I to would finish like those to know goddamn burpees. Whose idea? This is tapping into my petty peeve a little bit, but I will mm-hmm. allow it for the sake of this conversation. Absolutely. Whoever created the burpee. Fuck you. I do yes, not. That's where I, you're yes. going? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you because what manner of l- lunacy? Like it was a, so- a sociopath. It was a sociopath. <laughs> what, this exactly is sociopathic. Say this. Uh, mm-hmm. It is given hellish and mm-hmm. horrendous. It is. Like, I mean, the amount of steps. It's like, okay, you do the steps, right? She's walking me through the burpee and I do a burpee. She's like, that's one. One? I have done no, 12 things. What do you mean? Because there's 75 steps to one burpee. This is what I'm saying. Very frustrating. Talk about just, we just going to warm up just 12 burpees. I'm like, if I do 12 burpees, that's the end of class for me, girl. I'm leaving after that. Write right. that down. What? I don't, what? I told you about that one spin class I went to. I got seven minutes into that bitch and stood next to the bike the rest of the time. Because what are you doing? This lady was rocking back and forth and lifting up yes. her legs. Yes. And I was like, I don't have time for none of this. Oh, no. And I don't know mm-hmm. who told me to wait till I got 100 years old to try to get physically fit. But <laughs> I, me and my rheumatoid arthritis are doing our very best down to the gym. And I have to say that I am doing better than I thought I would. I would have given up weeks ago, but I'm still showing up to the class. You're still standing. You're still strong. And I'm just trying. And hopefully soon I will have to, uh, I just, you know, I will, I will be one of the, you know, cause I mean, I'm inspired working out amongst people who look like you, who are shaped like you, who be yeah. down to the gym in bonnets. Okay. Mm. The mm-hmm, girls is getting mm-hmm. their nails done, lashes. I mean, it's just all of us. It's bad mm-hmm. bitches working out. And I love it. Bad it's so inspiring. To the left. Yes. Mm-hmm. Money bitches Money to the right. Exactly. To, right. And uh-huh. so it is so powerful because it's like I'm struggling. My sister to the to the left of me might be struggling, but if we look across the room, there is some young lady over there who is, I mean, wearing this work out out and you like well sis i'm trying to be like her okay yeah, she don't Let want me over just... to the she's, she's like it's a cost a billion to yes look. <laughs> yeah, that's and the so one over good. there it's across good. the way it's, it's good i love it you know i told you and i'm not giving up on orange theory all the other things that i used to do i still will go but you know how it is you know how i will walk around orange theory feeling like a giant amongst tiny people and <laughs> And yes, that's how yes. I feel always. Oh, yes, I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but not just height wise. Right. It was all it would always be like I could fold everybody in this class. Boom. Like just underneath something. my arm. Like they're just <laughs> little people. All of these teeny tiny individuals. Are they grown? But it's yeah. so good to be walking around a gym and you not the only big booty in the room. It's something about that gives you energy and you'd be like, well, girl, we all in here thighs just a moving and ain't yeah. nothing wrong with it. No, not at all. Not I even a little bit. I live for us. So shout out to Her Flex Fitness. That. Some of the girls have come up to me in class and you've seen me struggling and wheezing 
And I thank you for your support. And thank you for listening. Shout out to Maya. We got to have Maya down to the show one day. All right, Maya. Come on, Maya. Because she is on to something. And the girls is out here. I mean, she is really a, a bad bitch factory. Down okay, to her come flex on. Fitness. It should cost a billion to look this I good. Mean, I mean, cunty, cunty, honey, exactly. Honey. <laughs> so yes, we we will. I'll keep you guys surprised of my progress. But we are making progress, and I'm glad about it. But I'm not the only I'm one because, sister, I, as I shared with you, I have been down to the podcast oh. listening and enjoying because my sis is hosting. I said, oh. Jade is hosting the hell out of this podcast, y'all. You, you see me on my Jade Von Burton getting my storytelling I mean, on. Jade <laughs> is giving like a trap Barbara Walters hey! down to the Food Network, okay? <laughs> it's like if, you know, like it's giving a trap Barbara Walters meets Thank you. LeVar Burton, okay? That's, that's what I was channeling, you know what yes. I'm saying? It's I was very educational. That. It's very approachable. Uh, yes. And it's entertaining and enjoyable to listen to because as a person who just enjoys good food, I love to learn about it. I love to see it. I love to know sort of the history behind it because it really is like just quintessentially black, right? Mm-hmm. Having good tasting food is who we are as a people. And so I, I feel like some sort of cultural tie to this program, but I just well, love- And you haven't even gotten all of it I yet. I know. We still got an episode coming up on ancient grains. Oh, girl. Where I talk with a farmer who um, yes. who grows Carolina gold rice, as well as- And you know, uh, I know all amazing, about that. You know, I, you know, that is our connection. Period. As well as- um, my Geechee sister Amethyst, shout out to Chef Amethyst. Uh, we talked to her of Yolele Foods about Fonio. And then I talked to uh, two black vegan so chefs. Good stuff. One who was raised vegetarian, turned vegan, and one who was a meat eating big nigga from Austin. Um, <laughs> Is he it's still now, a big nigga? He's a huge nigga, but he's not really? as meaty as he was. But he's just a big, sizable man. Shout out to Marlon. Shout I can't say Marlin. big nigga on Heinz, but I can say it here because it's well, our right. show. Uh, <laughs> and and um, as well as the last episode, which uh, I, I spoke with an amazing food writer named Chala June, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the very first host of season one, Adrian Miller, the soul food scholar. So I'm excited for you all to hear the remaining. Oh, four girl. episodes coming out. I'm clocked in and I'm just now to the hey. point where I'm just, when the subscription comes up on my phone, I just go ahead and tap listen. Oh, that makes uh, me so happy. Because I'm like, let me, you know, Jade is down here being a, a host and I love I w- it. I listen, I, you, I had to be professional, y'all. I wasn't on my own shit and uh, I had to be professional and it was, oh, I also spoke with the Feud Futurist chef, uh, Nia Lee, shout out to her, as well as Kelly um, Carlisle of Acton Nonverbal, you all have that coming up as well. Mm. Two ladies out of California, Northern and Southern, doing amazing things in the food space. So I'm so excited that you're actually enjoying it. It was a big, giant labor of love. Um, the team is incredible. I'm so lucky to have worked with them. And I can't wait, you know, for the next iteration of things that roll out from this. Ugh. Me too, sister. Also, Very while we're here, Very I want to just thank every single person who showed up to the Amsterdam Dopest Dinner Party. Yes. Um, 
Kia and I are recording. It's currently 10.56 p.m. <laughs> and I'm still fighting jet lag. <laughs> jet lag. First of all, jet lag ain't no hole. Hello. Let me, wh- let me tell you how Europe and jet lag both beat my ass. And uh, I haven't had my ass beat in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so I'm fighting. It's been a busy we ass know. day. Noah. Noah performed she in did. her school's iteration of the Muppets, hence me opening up. Oh, well, that explains the, it. Okay. Thank well, you. You have a current reference. You just act like I ought to be in here watching the Muppets but sister, uh, today. But the Muppets is still a, like a classic. Like the Rainbow timeless. Connection is a classic song. It is timeless, but it just I just didn't make the connection immediately. It's all right. It's okay. If I would have sang it with a little Luther Vandross, exactly. I know you would have got it. We skip and we dip to the beat. Hey! You know, Luther Vandross' <laughs> birthday was last week. He would have been 72. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's so nuts. It's oh, I wild. love me some Luther. And you notice how we've never met another Vandross. I know. Especially mm. one whose middle name was Ronzoni. We've never met another Ronzoni. I think I'm going to name my next baby Ronzoni. I don't think you should. Let us move forward into this Ronzoni introduction. Barrette. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Ronzoni Verrett is a choice. That is elegant. That is a yeah. choice. It is. He has to be a chef. Because <laughs> what else are you going to be with Ronzoni Verrett? <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, continue on because I'm being over here being foolish. So, um, listen, another special treat for you guys. Jade and I are doing something that we have never, ever done. Okay. We, I just want to say before you continue on, please, Kia and I, first of all, shout out to our getting grown team. Yeah. Every single person apart, um, helping us to. To, to revamp and reshape some things. So the episodes might sound a little different. There may not be uh, the same structure of things all the time that you're used to, but just know that we're heading in a direction that we really love and feel good about. And we have an amazing team behind us who's being really intentional about helping us to organize what growth. we're doing. It's giving growth. It's giving yes. road open. It's giving levitate. Um and so, yes, like Kia was saying, we did something that we've never done before, and I'm going to leave it back to you. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I uh, had the uh, wonderful opportunity mm. to interview someone that's very near and dear to this show. Uh, and I, too, was interviewed by someone uh, for the purposes of, yes. of the next couple of episodes. And I think that uh, this is going to be a a bit of a deep dive into who Jade and I are, what we've learned over our journey uh, and getting grown, Mm -hmm. how uh, the different streams and areas and facets of our work come together um, and inform our working relationship and our friendship and -hmm. just how getting grown is growing up. Yes, and very rapidly, like kids do. Um, it's wild. I mean, like a weed. You just turn around and the baby is going to second grade. Like, what? They're really, like, 
life awakening markers for mm. us um, on how old we're getting when you Yikes. look at kids. <laughs> so getting grown is our kid. And so like Kia said, we both had the privilege and the honor of interviewing very special people. And so I would like you all to enjoy our very next guest, which is Dr. Takia N. Oh, Robinson. Dear God. Okay, as I sit down with her and talk to her about her journey of getting yes. grown. Whoa! Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Ladies and gentlemen and gentlemen, our next guest is uh, very special to the show here at Getting Grown. Uh, they are a senior program officer for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. That's big business and very important. And essentially what they're going to do is come today to explain to us what it is they do, what it means, because I feel like this is a, a this is a guest who has definitely been on the show before. <laughs> and um, yeah, she's going to come and she's going to explain exactly what she does. Right. We've we've spoken to uh, many people in similar fields but we've never interviewed our very own Dr. Takia Nicole Robinson, the first of her name, Senior Program what Officer at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. This show is total chaos. It is. And negativity and positivity. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited for you to be the guest of Getting Grown This Week, sister. How does it feel to be on the other side very of things? Very strange. Yeah? I'm a little... Uh, I'm a little nervous. I mean, she was quite hesitant, probably <laughs> mainly because I'm the one who'll be doing no, the interviewing. I just <laughs> I, listen. Okay, I'm excited to share. Uh, I feel like you guys talk to me all the time and should know all of my business. Howsoever, listen. I'm down I for feel this like exercise. we share our business in fragments because okay. you know we have so many others who come and join us. And yes, we've talked about parts of our trajectory, but I think it's really nice to be able to do it in this way. Okay. Where we can sit down because I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't know what, what a I senior do. program officer does. That's fair. Um, but I do know who Bill and Melinda Gates are. Mm, and mm. so uh, when you first came and told me <laughs> that that was going to be your new position, I almost flipped the table at the restaurant. But I would like to know how you how you got to this particular place. Right. We have talked about your journey through your PhD, mm -hmm. um, loosely and tightly. Loosely and tightly. <laughs> but how did you arrive to this space here today? You know, to answer your question, I'm going to start with giving some context to explain what a Please. senior program officer does. Yes, thank you. So the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the country. That's people who do stuff for other people. Yes, and people who invest money, resources, to address different public concerns. Mm -hmm. I should say to address concerns, public, you know, I guess. But the foundation is a, it's a really large foundation with lots of different departments and, mm -hmm. and fields and, and areas. And I work on the post-secondary success team. 
So many words. <laughs> so uh, that drinking coffee. So that uh, that work is around. So it's about funding and addressing issues um, in the post-secondary spaces. So post-secondary means after secondary education. Mm-hmm. So whether it be like college, trade school, technical training, okay. adult, any sort of uh, po- post-secondary education, mm-hmm. being college, whatever other uh, educational options are after secondary ed. Mm-hmm. So um, right now uh, I'm a senior program officer. That means that there are um, series of investments. Mm-hmm. That I co-design and manage. I identify mm. partners, individuals uh, that are out there that have different levels of expertise and know-how mm-hmm. and can assist the foundation in any one of its initiatives um, and, and under and they're funded through grants and contracts. So okay. as a program officer, a senior program officer, um, my role is uh, around contributing to the strategy and the design that informs a really large scale initiatives in, on the post-secondary success team right now. And I have a, a, mm-hmm. bo- uh, a series of investments that I manage mm-hmm. under a particular body of work that are designed to contribute to that strategy in a very particular way. And so mm-hmm. I got to this place. We talked about it a little bit uh, on the last episode or the episode we talked about um, my step and C-step journey, mm-hmm. those programs. Yes. Um, I was a great benefactor of those programs. Mm-hmm. Um, those programs, uh, I wouldn't be where I am today without okay. them. So pause. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to some of those programs okay. because <clears throat> we did talk about step and C-step mm-hmm. um, a week or two ago right. on the show. And that was one of the programs that your mother enrolled you mm-hmm. in, you and Brian, and yeah. uh, for you all, success. What are some of the other programs that she that she had you all in? Well, just sort of similar programs. So Step and C-Step was funded by New York State, but mm-hmm. federally there are programs like Upward Bound, mm-hmm. programs like Head Start, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some government funded, but all around educating children or supporting the children's educational experiences, mm-hmm. um, posse uh, there's all kinds of programs that are out there mm-hmm. um, for for students of all ages. Um, and so I was a part of those programs all throughout my trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom had me in just about anything because she was committed on making sure that we had structured activity, but mm-hmm. also making sure that we were afforded information and resources. Right. She, uh, you know, as I shared on the show, on the other show where we talked about it, uh, you know, because of a lack of information, mm-hmm. um, she was not positioned to, you know, she wasn't aware of the options that she had available to her in her own educational journey. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to make sure at the very least we knew what was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so me being a part of these programs and recognizing that, you know, they helped me so much. When I got, when I finished uh, my master's degree at UConn mm-hmm. and I was looking for a job, I called my program director from the CSET program. His name was Mr. Uriel Reed. Um, Uriel with a U. Uriel with a U. Okay. Yes. Uh, hey, and Uriel. I'm <laughs> Mr. Reed. Don't yeah. the legendary. Were you named after someone? <laughs> I just. <laughs> I would. I would. I think so. I, I would. I don't remember I him being so a junior. Too. I don't know him, but I would his think name Uriel. Was Mr. Reed. That has to be a name that has got to be passed down. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mr. Reed was. <laughs> I called Mr. Reed. Um, was like, I have these degrees and I don't have a job. And he was like, we're going to get you one. Okay. And he started calling around. It would be a man that Uriel <laughs> would talk like that. <laughs> um, he helped me 
And I put me in contact with another woman mm-hmm. um, at Mercy College who was happened to be looking for a program, uh, an assistant director of mm-hmm. her program. And I applied. Her name was Barbara Jones Jones. I oh told my you, God, you're real Barbara Jones. <laughs> I told you about Barbara Jones Jones. Black people are, Bar- wait, Barbara Jones Jones. Yes, honey. Barbara Jones Jones, the legendary. So bad you got to say Barbara it twice. Jones Jones. Barbara Jones was her maiden name and she married a man with the last name Jones and she hyphenated. Because that's what bad bitches do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. I would love to be the very first Jade Washington Washington. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine? I started working with her. Okay, Barbara Jones Jones. Yes, as assistant director of these programs. And as, as uh, someone who was a part of the programs and now working for the programs, mm-hmm. I felt like the programs were not being talked about in the mm. right way, right? It was like the great work, the level of investment mm-hmm. that I felt like these programs made into my life and my family. Mm-hmm. When you read about them on websites or in books or in papers or reports, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh yeah, you know, it's just 60 kids come to the campus. We give they, them peanut butter and jelly. Grant. And it's a grant, you know, it's a grant huh. program, you know, we take some field and trips. And you were one of these kids things. in these programs. Yeah. And then you, and so when, at what point were you like, Nah, this shit don't work right. Uh, that point. Okay. <laughs> so I felt like, oh, I said, the ways in which this program have invested in my life are not adequately represented in literature, mm. in space. People are not talking about them. We're, this is serious How stuff. old were you when you thought about this? Mm, I was maybe 23. Wow. When I was 23, I was getting high and like, <laughs> fucking niggas. Like, and you were thinking about how to change programs. And this is why you are no. where you are today. <laughs> yes. um, I just felt like, I know that there's so much work done Mm -hmm. and it's maybe it's my close relationship Mr. Reed other people they mentored me and so I was very close to them Mm -hmm. and so I knew what kind of labor they were doing Mm -hmm. and it was like oh (laughs) (laughs) and yet you aren't (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen LaToya is in the building I know I can't I can't handle it you're fine I'm interviewing Kia it's very very uncomfortable she's interviewing me this is one kitchen table we're gonna interview each other for two different kitchen tables that's right LaToya (laughs) um okay yeah okay yes continue so, so uh, Barbara Jones, Jones yes. programs, these programs, I felt like the work that they were doing and mm-hmm. the work that I had benefited from, I'm like, no one's talking about it. So I was like, so how can we fix that? How, what are the things old. that we can do? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I have one master's degree. Wait, you had a master's degree by the time you were 23 years old. Yes. And what else? I had a master's. That was, yes, that's, it the, was a master's in what? Um, uh, human development and family studies. And you got that from UConn. From UConn, yes, home of the Huskies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so most recently they they just won the championship. Congratulations! On, Which one? Basketball? Yes, the women's men. and men's. The okay. men. Okay, the men. Huh? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. You talked. <laughs> you spoke. I'm so sorry. We're okay, so so, so you went to UConn for, for I went to UConn, got, got the your masters. masters. Okay, and now I'm working for Barbara Jones Jones. Barbara Jones Jones. And I'm realizing that you know I'm also sort of leading these programs, mm-hmm. starting to trying to make a name for myself on this mm-hmm. campus. Um, and you know I'm like my I'm working in education, but mm-hmm. my degree's not really in education. So maybe I'll go get another degree. What was your degree in? Human development, family studies. Because at that point, when when I graduated, I got my bachelor's from Manhattanville. I went to study psychology. Okay. I went straight to UConn after Manhattanville, Mm -hmm. mainly because I did not have a job or any earthly idea what I was supposed to be doing. So you said I'm going to stay in school. Yes, because I felt like I'm good at this. I should continue. Really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Real. That was my rationale. Okay. It was very much like, okay, I know how to do this. I can do this. I can get paid to do this. this no, is you went to UConn. You moved to Connecticut. It was a very dark time in my life. I was yes. like, because you know it's haunted there. <laughs> it's haunted in Connecticut. What a the souls of colonialism. Jeez. But anyway, all right. So continue on. So you, so, so you asked Barbara Jones Jones for a job. Yes, and mm-hmm. she gave it to me, okay. and I was working there on the campus. Doing well, but mm-hmm. realizing that my training, specific training, mm-hmm. was cool. But if I wanted to sort of continue to grow, mm-hmm. I needed to get some more specialized training in higher ed. What did you think you were going to do when you got your undergrad in psychology and you got your master's uh, in, in human development? I thought that I wanted to work with programs, but mm-hmm. like youth, younger, like adolescent. I thought okay. I wanted to do like high school like middle school, high school girls. Like actually interact with mm. them on a daily basis. What a wild time for me. Me knowing you as exactly. a human being. Wow. You see the foolishness of youth. I also, yeah, <laughs> I do. And I also see. When you think that you, you know, know things. And oh, I think I'd like to do that. But you really don't know yourself. It reiterates, you know, the fact that we are allowed to change our minds. Absolutely. And the fact that we don't know anything. Yes. Yeah. When we think we know it all. Yeah. all. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, on campus. I'm 21 years old. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to go work. Maybe I'll be the director of like the YWCA or something. Oh, poor. I'm sorry. I should have never said that. I should have never said that. But I mean, y'all know what time. I should have. Listen. I'm working on myself. I mean, listen, we all know what I did that this weekend. I did it. Somebody was like, oh, he's in social work. I was like, so he'll never make money. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Continue on. So, yes, I thought that's what I thought I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I worked one semester. I had a graduate assistantship. Yeah. And they sent me into Hartford High School in Hartford, Connecticut. The ghetto. And I said, dear God, if you get me out of this, I swear I'll never darken this door ever again. At how long were you there? I was at UConn or at the high school? At the Hartford High School. About eight weeks. Okay. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Said, I've been to Hartford for eight hours and it out was too of here. long. I so. said, oh, this will never do. Okay. So that was where you said, okay, it's, things have to change. All I right. Said, fast forward. Let's Father go back God, to where we were. This can't be it. Okay. So, <laughs> so this is a cool story. I'm mm-hmm. at UConn, right? Mm-hmm. We're all over the place. Forgive us. No, this is about Kia and her trajectory. We're at UConn, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm, this is me like roaming around the campus. That first semester was UConn was one of the whitest times of my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, yeah. I don't know what the numbers are now, but at that point, the, uh, you know, UConn was like 4% African-American. It's not lost to me that Huskies are snow dogs. <laughs> well, 
You are putting <laughs> things together. Um, and so I was on that campus literally for months and it was, and I had not seen any black people. I was the only mm. black person in my in my apartment building, my dorm, oh, no. at my job, oh, no. in my degree program. Oh, no. And I was on that campus for weeks and was like, what is this place? Did you have a friend? I did know someone there. Okay. Um, like, you know, uh, a family friend okay. in White Plains was like, oh, my niece go to UConn. And so oh. I had that girl's phone number. And maybe like one or two nights in orientation, like we met up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we were in different programs. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see her much yeah. after that. So I was by myself. Oh. So here I am on campus and I see a black girl and I follow her. Okay. And who is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I maintained a safe distance. I just wanted to see where she was going. I said, if, if I follow her, perhaps she will lead me to the other blacks on this campus. Because I don't know where they are. Yo, perhaps I should just follow her. So you like, you legit. Very catch a predator. Very terrible. I, it, it's not something that I'm proud of, but it is something that I did. How long did you follow her for? For, I mean, mm, I would say it was a good 15 minutes. Were you ducking and hiding behind No, I just this. maintained a safe distance. I was probably maybe 30 to 40 feet, but I could see her. She was in my line of sight. She had to have seen you. I don't think so. I you think I was farther enough back. And so she's walking. She's outside. Mm-hmm. I'm literally coming out of my dorm. And I'm like, oh, a black girl. <laughs> And I don't know where I was headed, but I said, I am following this young lady. And where does she lead you? To the student union. Okay. And I, this is the creepiest part. I, I waited. She mm-hmm. got on the elevator. Mm-hmm. I waited downstairs and watched what floor she got off. And then you got off and you said, who's your and favorite I said, artist? No, I went. So I, so I, I didn't. At that point, I lost her because I didn't mm-hmm. see her again. So I don't know. Maybe she wasn't even going where I ended up. OK. But I just took the elevator to the fourth floor. And on the fourth floor was the African-American Cultural Center. Stop. It was God. I said, maybe she was an angel. Have mercy. Look at what you've done. Huh? So I went in there. Right. And went straight to the director. Now, the director, another. See, my life has been sprinkled with so many wonderful black women. hmm. Who had lots of personality and different things about. And, and this was the season of my life that was impacted by Dr. Walena Kempson Price. Yo, these names today <laughs> are incredible. Because to my the spirit. women, the black women have guided me through. Yeah. And you know, also, like, we've lost those good, sturdy black names, like you yes, said. Yes, Walena yeah. Kempson Price. And this is what I love. She was from uh, she was she was from Atlanta. She went to Spelman. Okay. Um, and she had was a very, she a Delta. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Her voice had a very high timbre. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And so she Takia. Right. Takia. Very loud, no matter where you were. But it was just a, not Takia, like way down, like, yes, Dr. Price. So I went directly into her office and I was like, do you have a job for me? Is there anything that I can do here? I would love to return to this place yeah, every day. Every day. Because I have a horrible graduate assistantship <laughs> and oh, don't shit. make me go back. Oh, right. So like I'm getting literally walked to her office and she was like, child, sit down. Like, and I love Dr. Price. She had, she wore her stockings every day. Oh. And so you could hear her coming down the hall. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't have liked me. Ladies who wear stockings every day don't like my kind. You hear her coming down the hall. You hear her keys and her stockings. Uh-huh. <laughs> she said, well, be no chafing over here. Listen, keys and stockings. And then you, she hit the corner and she see you because my desk was at the end of the hallway. She hit the corner. Takia, how long you been here? <laughs> Very like, so. Me and Dr. Price, 
developed a program. She mm-hmm. was like, you know, actually, I do have something for you to do. I need your help. And I'm <sighs> like, bet. And quit my job. I said, I'm not. I'm working over here now. Okay. See y'all later. Quit my job. Started working at the AACC mm-hmm. because uh, they wanted to address, they were having, because it was such a white place, mm-hmm. the campus was like bleeding black students. They would they would come for a semester, they would mm-hmm. drop out. Mm-hmm. And so the provost had asked her, like, we, can we develop something? We need to, to do something. And so I worked with Dr. Price to develop this peer mentoring program mm-hmm. that very simply matched freshmen with mm-hmm. upperclassmen students. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really successful program, addressed the uh, attrition issues. Everything got better. The program mm-hmm. was a hit. Mm-hmm. Everyone all built all this community. And I realized I could do this for a career. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, I could I could do this. I know how to do this. All from following Lakeisha. All from following some to the African-American black girl. Study she hall. had micro braids. Okay. Well, she, you know. I don't remember anything. I didn't see her face. I just saw that she had micro braids. And I was like, oh, she is black. I'm following her. Okay, yes. And what year was this? This was in 2004. Say my name, say my name. That was the time. <laughs> okay, so you so you got there. And then what happened next? Because you didn't stay at UConn. I did not, thank God. I left UConn in 2006. Mm-hmm. That's when I started working for Barbara Jones Jones. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then I left Barbara Jones Jones and started working at Columbia because I got into that. And I remember the Columbia days. Yes. So I went to Columbia to get mm-hmm. more specialized training in higher education. Mm-hmm. And when I was working there... Uh, I was leading, I was a department administrator, but I was running a program mm-hmm. that was funded by the National Science Foundation. And what it, kind of program was that? It was a traineeship. So it was designed to provide uh, doc students from underrepresented, doctoral students in engineering mm-hmm. from underrepresented uh, backgrounds. Okay. Um, you know, with support, money, resources, mm-hmm. programming to help get them through their training programs, uh, their doctoral training. Mm-hmm. And so I was the lead administrator for that program. <clears throat> And was like, I really like this work. Mm -hmm. And again, feeling like the work was not well represented in the literature or people weren't talking about it. You know, I started to ask questions Mm -hmm. and I went to um, another mentor. My supervisor there was she was not a black woman, but she was a real spitfire woman from the UK. Oh, okay, Yes. Very. She didn't didn't take no shit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She was a a engineer, civil engineering, engineering Mm -hmm. mechanics. She was one woman, mm-hmm. faculty, 60 men mm-hmm. in her. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah. So she was. A, so she did not she let was them a have Yeah, she wasn't letting nobody run over her. She was like, excuse me, her. son, I'm talking. And, like, she, <laughs> and she did it with an accent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very shadily. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just sit in those meetings in awe of her. Like, I think she is the best woman I've ever seen. And she worked in programs. She changing. was a dean. She was a, okay. she was a faculty member. Okay. Um, and so I asked her, she was like, Tia, you're doing a great job here. And you asked all the right questions. And she was like, what do you want to be? And I told her, I was like, I don't know. Well, I could see myself leading an institution or mm-hmm. working in administration. And she was like, wonderful. When are you going to get your PhD? I was <sighs> like. Yep. And let me tell you all something. At this time, Kia was living in a cute little apartment in Harlem. I was having a great time. You know, time. we were having a good time. We were <laughs> I was drinking. Really good time. We were hanging. Uh, we, I was the only one smoking out the window. That and was the time. Smoking out the window. <laughs> at Bobby's house. Yeah, at Bobby's house. And then one day, wow. you showed up and said, what? Because she said, you have to get a PhD. She was like, if you want to be a leader in mm-hmm. higher education or in educational spaces, especially on college campuses, you have to have at least the credentials that the faculty have. Like mm-hmm. at minimum. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not going to respect you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to listen to anything that you say. Mm. 
And I was like, okay, well, I'm okay with that. And she was like, no, 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 no. Let me get you together real quick. And she did. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was, I tried to. Do you remember what she said to you specifically, not to cut you off, that that turned that for you? We were in a meeting, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had presented an idea. And it was one of those times when you say something and everyone goes, yes, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then some white man says the exact thing that you said and they're like, genius. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Infuriating. So that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. Culligan saw me like adjusting in my seat. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know this nigga. What? That's I the that. that's the British lady. Yes. OK. And um, so this happened after she had said that to me and mm-hmm. I told her I'm OK with being mm-hmm. like she was like. And so she saw me and she mm-hmm. came back and was like standing in the corner of my <laughs> office, uh, leaning on a door post. Like, what was that? I thought you said it didn't what matter to you. It? it looked like you were very upset. Mm. <laughs> were you? And I was. Was it I enough? Was, and she to was like, push ya. that's the kind of stuff that's going to continue to happen to you. People will. She was like, and I hate it. I wish it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just where we are. Mm-hmm. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. So I applied to these uh, doctoral programs. Uh, There were some other stories there that I feel like I've told around sort of, I wanted to stay in Columbia. Mm -hmm. That didn't work out. Mm -hmm. I was encouraged uh, to apply other places, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna have to move, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I had some uh, some more wonderful, brilliant black women who were sort of pushing me, like this is something that you need to do right now. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up applying and, Blanca Vega, Dr. Blanca Vega, she said, she said, apply to three programs. If you don't get into any of them, I'll leave you alone. Okay. Because I was like, I'm good, man. Y'all come on, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Blanca Vega and Dr. Sosanya Jones, both mm-hmm. of them were in the doctoral program at Columbia. And both of them were like, you have to go. Mm-hmm. And you have to do this. And they really uh, encouraged me. So I was like, all right, three programs I can do. Okay. Um. And because I, I was thinking, I'm not going to get in. Mm-hmm. And then she'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. I got in. Mm, yeah, because you <laughs> stay doing that. And then, then that stays happening. I got in. Mm-hmm. Ended up going to Maryland. Mm-hmm. Y'all have met Dr. Facebook. <sighs> Y'all know yes. how she's been. And so, yeah, I've been. So I got into these programs and that was my research. My research became about help, uh, doing some qualitative study mm-hmm. of these programs to tell a, a more representative Story, a more compelling uh, narrative, mm-hmm. having more evidence of the value mm-hmm. of these kinds of investments that the government was making into students. 
And so, speaking from personal experience. Right, mm-hmm. right. So as a student and as an administrator mm-hmm. and now as a researcher. And yes. so I love research. It's been something that I've always been interested in since high school. And so naturally I found myself in a PhD program mm-hmm. um, and I've been doing it ever since. So from there, um, <clears throat> I like to think of myself as a scholar practitioner, someone mm-hmm. who does research, mm-hmm. but who is, I think I'm much more excited about translating that research into practice. Absolutely. How do we improve things based upon the great things that we're learning? Mm-hmm. And so now <clears throat> the coolest part about my work right now as a senior program officer is that I've now transitioned from being a student of these programs to leading these programs to studying these programs. Now I'm a part of the people who fund these wow. programs. Wow. And so I am able to bring all of those different perspectives and experiences into the rooms of the people who have the resources mm-hmm. and say, if we're going to invest in students, if we're going to invest in institutions, if we're going to invest in equity and inclusion, mm-hmm. this is the way in which we can do it to really um, <clears throat> make sure that we get the return mm-hmm. and sort of also see the kind of change and transformation that we say that we seek. I love that, sis. And this is actually the clearest. Really? Ex- yeah, I think because we've never got to, like, I sat with you all through your. Yes. All through your the writing your dissertation yes. and yes. doing your research. Mm-hmm. And and I also know that was a, a really heavy time for you as well. I, you've shared it before, but for the sake of this particular mm-hmm. episode, can you remind folks of um, the trauma that you also dealt with in the middle of yeah. writing your dissertation. So I wrote my dissertation, I would say 2015. I, def- I defended my dissertation proposal like October 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was really at that point, my heart was set on graduating by 2016. Mm-hmm. And so I would say from October uh, to May, mm-hmm. that's when I was in the trenches working, mm-hmm. working, working. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> and was getting prepared to defend my dissertation in June. I was scheduled to to defend my dissertation on June 16th. Mm-hmm. And as you know, on June 12th, I learned that my brother passed. Yeah. And so it was writing, investing, pouring myself. Because, you know, when you write a dissertation, when you do, when you come to this stage of the work, mm-hmm. you really have to sort of um, take a step back. Mm-hmm. Uh all the things I grew up in undergrad, always I always worked and went to school. Mm-hmm. I always and always maintained, you know, I, I served at church and I would hang out with my friends. I'd like to have balance because that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. But when you're writing your dissertation, you have to focus. Yeah. And so I literally took a leave of absence from church, mm-hmm. which is something I'd never done and mm-hmm. didn't know that I could do. But Wait, <laughs> what does that me. even mean? Well, I was serving and I was serving in music ministry and we was we would sing okay. weekly. Okay. And so oh, singing and serving. Singing and serving. Got you. Okay. And so, um, because I was serving music ministry. Okay. Um, it's not the only way to serve, but that was just a particular way. Mm-hmm. I usually think of the ladies with oh, the gloves and the plates. That wasn't me. Okay. In the choir yeah. stand. Shut up, Toya. I was in the choir stand, but I I really had to focus in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in I went from I had a roommate Then I got a studio Like mm-hmm. I was like You know mm-hmm. I remember And And Jay Stayed up with me Cause mm-hmm. I mean I would I would have to work During the day Because you know Bills Be mm-hmm. billing mm-hmm. Uh, But I wrote my dissertation 
No lie, between the hours of 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. And you were working at a think tank while you were doing, yes. where were you working? You- I was working, I was a researcher, a graduate student researcher. Mm-hmm. So I would do somebody else's research during the day and my own research at night. That is buns. <laughs> that is But that's buns. what happens when you're in, when you're in grad school. Like yeah. that's the journey. That's the, the cost of it. And so. What does that look like? Research for me is Google and like, you know. <laughs> Researchers, I think, are, are I like to think of researchers as people who are trained to ask and answer questions. OK. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. It's about if you, if you have if we want to learn something, mm-hmm. it's a, we are trained to know how to craft the answers that will help us to position us to learn as much as we can about any given thing. Okay. Um, so. I'm a qualitative researcher, mm-hmm. which means that. Um, the, uh, the work I was doing then was qualitative research. So whether it be focus groups or interviews, mm-hmm. those would be transcribed and analyzed. So, wow. you, you know, it would be a body of a data uh, and I would be analyzing data, reading, pulling out themes, coding themes, writing up analysis. Lots of highlighters, I imagine. Lots of highlighters, lots of post-its. Some whiteboards. Yes. PhD Mary yes, Jane. Yes. And, you know, I'm an Excel sheet kind of girl. Yeah. I love to, you know, get my themes at the mm-hmm. top and, you know. Tabs. So, yes. All of that. That's the the research is, you know, asking and answering the questions, getting the answers to the questions that we have mm-hmm. around different phenomena. And so I was working really hard and I poured so much, didn't get it. And I feel like I missed out on a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go home as much. Didn't see my family as much because I was so, so focused. Mm-hmm. And how were they? How was their response to that? I think that they, everyone knew that I was in the zone mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I didn't get any flack about it. Okay. And honestly, one of the last conversations I had with Brian, mm-hmm. I was disappointed because I wanted to walk in May. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. finish in time to graduate in May. Um, and I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, Girl, who cares? <laughs> He's like, you finish in May, you finish in June. What's the big deal? I'm that like, is a very Brian response. Right. <laughs> but I was like, but I want everyone to come to graduation. Well, whenever the graduation is, we coming. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in May, whether it's in December, whenever it is, we're coming. So, girl, I mean, <laughs> stop crying. Like, just like that. And I was like, okay. Like, <laughs> because... <laughs> He just made it okay, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I was like, I felt like I had disappointed my mom and my grandparents. We've been planning everyone to come for this graduation in May. And I had to tell him that I wasn't going to be finished until mm-hmm. June, which meant that I wouldn't walk until. And they was like, girl, don't nobody care. See? Like, don't nobody care about that. But yes, it was. Uh, so I, I felt I was feeling like I was on the precipice of being able to breathe again because mm-hmm. I had been in this hole working mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And then just as I felt like I was getting ready to come out of this hole, it it all caved in. Yeah. And we lost Brian. Yeah. And so it was a tough time. Yeah. Very, very tough time. But, uh, you know, it took that time. I took mm-hmm. about three to four months mm-hmm. to really deal with that mm-hmm. and be there for my family. And um, how long after his passing were you were you able to defend that dissertation? September. So June to September. And you still, I mean, to this day, you're still, mm-hmm. you're still coping. You're still grieving. You're still dealing. Every day. Still healing. Every day. How did you feel after they announced you as mm. Dr. Dr. Robinson? Uh, relieved. Mm-hmm. 
I was very relieved. Mm -hmm. I was very grateful. Mm -hmm. And it was a different kind of grateful. Mm -hmm. You know how you'd be thankful for things, but sometimes it'd be like, I earned this. Yeah. In so many ways. Mm -hmm. Like I've done the work, mm -hmm. but I've also been through. Yeah. And it gave, I feel like I could think about things with a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. It made every, I saw the sky differently. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. felt different. Mm -hmm. um, and honestly, quick, weirdly transitioning into sort of where we are now. My grief has sort of shaped my work in so many profound ways, ways mm -hmm. that I never would have anticipated. Such as, can you give us a couple of I don't examples? Think, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I would be the, re the researcher that I am mm. if I had not had that major loss. And of right. course, I would give it all back for Brian to be here. But I'm just saying that for anyone who might be grieving, mm -hmm. um, you are forever changed, but that change can... Um, have uh, different kinds of returns. Mm -hmm. So um, I study change and transformation. Mm -hmm. um, the work that I've been doing most recently has been around institutional transformation and thinking more specifically around what are the things that individuals and organizations need to know in mm -hmm. order to sort of negotiate change. Mm -hmm. And if they want to catalyze different kinds of change or transformation in their lives, how do they go about doing that or in their existence? How do they go about doing that? Mm -hmm. And so weirdly segue in here, that work, that researcher, me studying change and transformation even informs our conversations here. Absolutely. And it even informs getting grown because what is adulting if it's not a series of transformation? It's mm -hmm. like a series. We're negotiating a series of changes and transformation in our lives. Our lives are consistently transforming and evolving. Mm -hmm. And so um, my training as a researcher, uh, I think, shapes the way that we do this work mm -hmm. of the show. Mm -hmm. And it's really been full circle for me because I'm just coming to a place of accepting that it's not that my work is split. I used to feel like, oh, mm -hmm. I podcast on the side. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this is sort of like one, one phase of who I am. But I see now that all of it contributes to the way that I show up. And that, that this is very much scholarship. Mm -hmm. And then we've talked about that on the show before, too. Like, the sharing of information mm -hmm. um, and the way that we learn out loud. Mm -hmm. um, is is all about publication. It's dissemination in the same ways that me analyzing those those that data and writing and publishing. It's the same sort of mechanism. But I'm sorry, what were you gonna say? No, no, no. I cut you off. I just think also on a spiritual level. Mm. You know, you have told Brian so many times, "Don't you show up in my dreams?" Oh, no, you know. And I think and um, he's listening. Thank <clears throat> God. Oh, very much so. Because <laughs> <laughs> he knows me. He showed up in other people's, but not Kia's, yes. to deliver messages. Um, but I think he has been with you continuously through this journey, Absolutely. even in helping to kind of pave road, open that road Without and pave question. that way for Without the work question. that you're doing as well. Without question. Like, I, I, know it. beautiful. I know it. So how do you feel now? Now that you, so starting from the beginning, you being in these programs mm -hmm. to now working with people who fund these programs and actually help to create these programs and revise these programs so that they assist all of the little taquillas out there. How do you feel right now where you at? I feel like it was worth it. Yeah. And I feel like I'm where I belong. 
there is, you know, you know, I, there's so many times where I felt like I was trying to figure out mm -hmm. who I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But now I feel like I have a clarity about that. That has been a long time coming. But when I am in rooms and able to, well, actually, <laughs> or when I'm able to raise my finger or to mm -hmm. help someone who didn't have, um, you know, <clears throat> a certain perspective or a lived experience, when I'm able to help them to understand the way in which their their practice may be unintentionally mm -hmm. problematic, mm -hmm. biased, mm -hmm. racist, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm able to make a difference in that way. And so it's like, these are the rooms that I'm supposed to be in. And I'm very grateful to learn this side of the work. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about hopefully uh, a future uh, in this work. Um, the program that the team that I'm on now is this really huge initiative called Transformation at Scale. Mm -hmm. The foundation has funded six intermediaries to the tune of $100 million dollars. I don't even know what the fuck that looks like. <laughs> no, but it's, it's so powerful. And I'm not saying that to brag. No, no, no. It's powerful. This is, this is a lot. The gravity of that mm -hmm. is that these we're, we're hoping to create a container where institutions who have aspirations to change and transform um, for equity and student mm -hmm. success, mm -hmm. for them to have access to other organizations and supports and systems and mechanisms and funds and money. To, to undo and literally dismantle the systems of oppression that exist within higher ed spaces. Um, and, and we're helping to make sure that people have the knowledge, the know-how, the awareness, mm -hmm. um, and the skills to do that important work of actually uh, eradicating and dismantling problematic systems and structures and creating new ones. Mm. Um, I think it is really super powerful and for me to be able to sort of have all of and bring all of the experience that I bring into those spaces with folks who may have never worked in higher ed, mm -hmm. but are uniquely positioned and have power and influence and money. And I'm able to say, let's put it over here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's, mm -hmm. let's fund these institutions. Mm -hmm. And if these are, well, these institutions are not typically funded. Okay, well, let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And given that, let, let me tell you the ways in which these institutions require a different kind of support. Yes. So, you know, having those conversations um, has been really dope. And I didn't even know that this kind of job existed. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the major findings from my dissertation were like, you know, funding agencies need to be more involved. They just give the money and that's it. Right? It's true, though. It is true. Mm -hmm. And that was one of my findings. And now I'm able to say, and now I'm actually able to influence mm -hmm. one of the largest funding agencies. In the this real kind of influencer. <laughs> okay, fuck a internet. Oh, fuck God. a TikTok. Oh, God. <laughs> no, it's a blessing. I'm very grateful. Mm -hmm. I have m more gratitude than I can probably articulate. And I know that my steps are ordered. And I've, I, I've lived a life yes. of, of surrender. Right. In that um, <laughs> praise break <laughs> in that, you know, when you've been through some hard, hard things yeah, man. and you have real conversations with the Lord, mm -hmm. like you I have reduced me down. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh. so I was like, you have. OK, point. Your point is taken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have not. I am. I'm down you at my lowest. You can't whack a mole no oh, more, right. God. <laughs> so 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's on you. Mm-hmm. You tell me where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You put me in the spaces I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You put the words that are supposed to be in my mouth in there and I will do it. And it seems like it took some time for me to find my legs. I had some Bambi legs for a little while, but I finally feel like I am in that space. I love that. I love that. And you in that space. Ladies, gentlemen, thinnelmen, thadies, she'll do all of that in a pair of Jordans. Okay? That is that is how we're going to close that out. Because you always remain authentically yourself and you're doing incredible work me. that we, our, our babies deserve. Like, we, we deserve you, to sis. have this. And you so. know, I wouldn't have been sitting here if you wouldn't stay up. Jay was on FaceTime. When I was writing my dissertation, my laptop, Jay would be cleaning her kitchen or yeah. cleaning chicken or whatever it is she was doing blood. over there. Sometimes I'd fall asleep. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but she would not leave me by myself. Um, and, you know, we would sometimes we would talk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would just sit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like she was in the room with me. I and think so, I came to D.C. and like, yeah, just kind of hung you out with your you. roommate's dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, all the time. Just never. never. Yeah. No. Toya, Standing on the couch. Toya and Kia. Well, that, pets, the next episode yes. of Takia's. We'll have to have who, Toya who is Takia? to support me. <laughs> we will have Toya to support me as I tell you guys about that because she understands. I know how uncomfortable you were to do this uh, this oh, kitchen table. Um, I, I feel like I rambled a bit, so I'm sorry. You didn't ramble at all. You actually gave a really clear understanding of what you do. And like I said, I, I really get it now. And I think it's super important work for, I always knew it was important. Thank you, but sis. now I'm like, you know what? Our next generations are for real, for real going to benefit off of this. This is what oh, we great. need. So. We are grateful for you. We thank you. That's right, Bill and Melinda. Y'all better hire a real nigga in the building. I said it. She didn't. I did Uh, not. (laughs) Let the record reflect. Yeah, when's your TED Talk? Oh, I don't know. Tell the tell the TED people to call me. Okay, TEDx. <laughs> don't have me on your line. What's I will call. It's not going to be as eloquent as whatever key is going to deliver on the stage. I don't even know what it would be okay, about. Get a real bitch in the building. <laughs> Thank you, sister, for coming and sitting. Thank you. Sitting with me at the kitchen table. This and was not as pain filled as I imagined. You see, all you had to do was talk about what you do. This is what you do. Stand this is what in I it. do. Ground in it. Ground in it. And we'll see you all for the next segment. I deserve uh, Welcome back, everybody. Let's talk self-care really quickly. I have a self-care. It's very random and it's probably very small, but I think it's something that folks would appreciate because it is okay. something that has changed my life. I have... A wonderful new lip balm that I am obsessed with. Oh, I love I got, a good lip balm. Who's it by? It's by Laneige. Mm. Yes, honey, down to the Sephora. You know, the VIB was just last week. Oh, yes. So oh, this yes. is the Lip Glowy Balm. I got the 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 grapefruit flavor. Ooh. Now, <clears throat> this Girl, is worth every penny. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. okay. You know, Laneige also has a lip mask. Oh. Right? Yes. For... I, that's that's what I have. Yes. With the little spoon thing. Yes. Oh. Yes. So after you do your, um, once you do 
your nighttime regimen or your morning regimen, your skincare regimen, you do this lip mask and that sort of infuses mm-hmm. some like intense moisture into your lip situation. Yes. So this is kind of like the um, lip masks. Like it's like the daytime for like, if you just want to have a little lip mask in your purse. Oh, it is the, it right the lip glowy balm. <clears throat> And baby, let me get that. Right it now. comes in. It comes in several flavors. Like there's a berry, there's a birthday cake. The grapefruit is a very nice citrus moment, but it has a very pleasant scent. It is ex- so extraordinarily moisturizing. It almost gives lip gloss. Oh, but it penetrates the lip, so you feel the so moisture. you really feel it. Oh, and, let me get that right now. Um, you know, I I put some on before we started recording, and it's just like I'm I'm like, wow, this is why the girls pay the coin. It's yeah, worth no, it. absolutely. It's worth absolutely. it. So mm-hmm. if you have some points down to the Sephora, I do. Uh, you have a little extra coinage. I know you know. Okay, so the Laneige lip. Well, hold on, lip glowy Lin- balm. I got it in grapefruit. Oh, oh, here we go. It's the winner. <laughs> it's the winner. I'm telling you, that has been my self-care. It's just a great treat for your lips. We know as we're headed into the summer season, we're, we're drinking water. The lips can get yeah. dry. Oh, yes, very much so. Um, and I, you know, I try to moisturize. I also use the Laneige lip mask because I smoke blunts. Mm. Uh, so I scrub, so the scrub. and yes. then I moisturize. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And do mm-hmm. the best that I can there. So I'm very excited for this because I'm constantly, I use this Vaseline. No, no, no. And that's <laughs> not, hey, girl, let me tell you, if I look at my purse right now, it's a tube of Vaseline in there because that's one of those things that you just got to carry in your purse. Always. What? Let me, let I me just show you. I am real. I'm a real auntie, honey. It's oh kidding. yes, you've got the blue top. Blue top. <laughs> this is okay. gold dust, so it's oh, got yes, because they have gold. different pr- varieties of the Vaseline. Mm-hmm. Yes, Vaseline and you know what else is gold. very black? We should do. Dish. We should do a "What's in Your Purse" episode one day. I actually think that's an incredible episode. Oh, absolutely! Because you see, I also have me a little cocoa butter on the swivel. Oh, so I love that glue stick cocoa butter because it's just, it's perfect. It gets your heels the way you need Listen, it to. Listen, and just, it's really sha, sha, good sha, sha. for the webs. Yeah, <laughs> Down and it is. You know what I'm saying? In between those fingers in and toes. In between the fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. You put a little on your palm. I love it. And it just smells good. You does. just end up smelling like brownies. And I love it. I usually, I usually chase my hand sanitizer with a little bit of that, you see. Oh, I chase, see, I use a saffron shea butter. Mm. Uh, by Crystal Irie, oh, yes. and I chase my my hand sanitizer with that sa- saffron shea butter, and, and nigga, I be walking around here smelling like I mean, a spice sex it's bomb. It's so good, right? Mm-hmm. I just love smelling good. It's very womanly. Uh, it makes me feel grown. But yes, that's my yeah. black woman self care, honey. Get me getting my skin moisturized, keeping things mm-hmm. right and tight. Okay, mm-hmm. moisturizing situations. That. So, uh, I understand that somebody got to I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> you know, I, okay. I you know, instead of a, a self-care this week, I said I wanted to do one. I know that's right. I mm-hmm. touched on it at the top by thanking everybody who came to the Amsterdam Dopest Dinner Party and apologies 
to those who had to miss out. We did have to move it a day because of travel um, delays that were out of our control. So the fact that we pulled it off. So I I just want to say shout out to me and Santana for pulling off a dinner party internationally. Okay. Our first international dinner. Um, I'm super proud of the both of us for being able to a push forward in the most hellish of circumstances. Mm. Uh, if you want the ins and outs of that, you may go listen to last week's episode of Jaden XD, uh, where I gave the full redown. Yes. Oh, sister, I gave this full rundown about how Europe whooped my motherfucking ass. Okay. The white ancestors showed up and said, you've been talking about us forever (laughs) and we are going to whoop up on you. And I was like, we can fight because I'm still resilient. <laughs> oh, wow. But they got a couple licks in. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you. So Jeez. it's all good. Um, we made it, though. We made it, and I'm really proud of us. And I feel good about going back to Amsterdam and doing another event. Wonderful. I especially feel even better about bringing more food to Amsterdam because the options are slim and limited. Mm. So <laughs> not... A food city, honey. Really? <laughs> no, no. You see, this Amsterdam. is this, this goes back to what I was talking about about how black people we may not have much, mm, mm. but whatever but we have, it's gonna taste good. It's gonna taste mm. amazing. I don't care because let me tell you, the best food I had was by the Surinamese, which is a South uh, American but Caribbean adjacent. I mean, it is our birthright. Um, We've worked it is. hard. Yeah. We and we deserve to eat we good do. food no matter what's going on in life. And Correct. so you know, um they just don't have that I was I was more disappointed than I thought mm. I would be. Very ch- that's that's wow. Interesting. You know. So shout out to our folks over there. If we have any we are praying for you. Oh no, I pray for them and I told them all I pray for them and they pray for themselves. <laughs> Okay. But it is the trade-off for, you know, uh, sustainable and, 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 and better quality of life as far as, you know, air and breathing and space. And so, Safety. you know, everything is a trade-off. You can't have everything. Have um, I'd rather have food, but, you know, that's why everybody has choices. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I know that's right this week is I'm just shouting out Santana and I for pulling off an international dinner party, honey. Get it, get it. Um, go ahead, go ahead. And if you're in the European area, Santana is actually doing another dinner party in Paris with a chef friend of ours by the name of Manuel, Chef Manny. So make sure y'all go check out her social media. Um, She's got all the information there, but it's going to be a diasporic Puerto Rican fest in Paris. And I promise you all, you're going to eat amazing between the two of them. So that's just a little plug plug right there for you. But y'all know how we're going to close this thing right on out. right. So let's head into our petty peeves. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. 
And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. Hello, lovers. It is time for the Petty Peeves. Oh, boy. So I, t- I, I, I started early and I said I was going to hold off and wait for the Petty Peeves. Y'all know I love cleaning. You know, I live for uh, Clorox, for Comet, for, you know, the brunch stuff in a bottle, Mrs. Myers, because it just smells good, but I still mix it with bleach. Mm-hmm. Um, vinegar, you know, just all the things, right? Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. XD put me on to clean talk, uh, i.e. TikTok's cleaning yes, sector. Yes, I too have dabbled. I was excited about certain, you know, there's organization videos, there's, there's all the things. Mm -hmm. But then I came across a batch of you who, so the way that people waste food on TikTok to do stupid things. Like what? People are also like, like, like uh, the ladies who spread big giant cans of nacho cheese on countertops and then crumble up you know lots of tortilla chips and things like you've never seen that i saw that filthy woman make that spaghetti on that mm-hmm. countertop and i'm still mm, yeah i'm still or traumatized the people who are making like like party punch in toilet bowls oh toilets jesus christ right like why are we why mm. why do we even want that so i realized that there are cleaning people doing the same thing with cleaning products they are mixing Nine million of them together to make this disgusting, like sludgy, gray matter. It looks like after the, after the snow has settled in the city what is wrong for a little while. What is wrong? And they mix it together and they just like pour more and more cleaning products into whatever apparatus, toilet, uh, sink, bathtub. And they mix them and they, they're like doing this for some sort of ASMR or I don't know, like some visual ASMR, whatever the fuck. All I know is y'all are killing yourselves, first of all, because you're not supposed to be mixing all that shit together. And then you're wasting products. You're just wasting. <laughs> like, it's just wasteful. It's just Comet and and, and, <sighs> and Mr. Clean and Pine Saw and Mr. Lean and, uh, and what's the other one? What's the other one? We like Fabuloso and, and Lysol. It's all these things mixing foam and scrubbing bubbles and CLR and just all the shit mixed together just for the sake of making this video. It's infuriating. Mm. That's my petty peeve. Quit wasting shit. Like, what is the point of this? There is no point. If you want to show me how you clean your bathtub, cool. But all of that shit, you are wildin'. Stop being weird. That's it. My petty peeve is just uh, for adulthood, generally speaking. Uh, And I think this is also sort of like the post shutdown, post pandemic adulthood, Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, have you ever just sat down and thought about all that we are expected to do as adults? Oh, it is overwhelming. Like, uh, like day to day when I think about it, I tweeted about how like at work I meet all day. Like literally it's not uncommon for me to have meetings from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Maybe with 10 or 15 minutes between. Um, It's not uncommon. Unfortunately, it's just a sad state of affairs, but that's just where we are. So after work, I answer emails 
and sort of try to get some work done. And then, you know, it's seven, eight o'clock and I'm tired. And I think about yeah. all that I still have to do. Right. And so now that I am trying to make better choices, uh, you know, I was just thinking I'm expected to work, mm. uh, to sustain my life. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. also expected to clothe, feed and feed myself. Yes. I'm expected mm-hmm. to clean my home, my property, my clothing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, if I want to be healthy and well, I am, I'm supposed to work out. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to eat right. I'm supposed to take vitamins. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to get 10,000 steps a day and sleep mm-hmm. eight hours. Yes. If I'm connected to any other human being, I probably have to answer phone calls, text messages, personal yeah. emails. Mm-hmm. I have to have conversations. I have interactions. I have to go yeah. outside of the house and have vitamin D. I need to shop. Mm-hmm. I have yep. I have bills to pay. I have errands mm-hmm. to run. And uh. literally, that is just regular, everyday responsibility. And mm-hmm. I am overwhelmed. So I'm do. overwhelmed. Because it's like, how... Am mm-hmm. I supposed to do all of this? And, you know, the yelling mm-hmm. at me, you know, I have to floss my teeth. I have to yes. brush my teeth. I have to oh, yeah. wash my face. Twice the a mor- day, minimum. Yes, morning and night. I have to wash mm-hmm. my body morning and night. Mm-hmm. I have to wash my clothes, to wash my mm-hmm. sheets. I just mm-hmm. want to know how we're supposed <laughs> to do all of these things and maintain some sense of sanity. I just have um, such a great deal of respect for you as a parent uh, and, a, and a spouse as I think of the ways that you have to not only care for yourself, but care for other human beings. Mm, and mm. I am stunned, shocked and taken aback mm. at just at the level of exhaustion that I feel. And Sister. I don't feel like I'm doing anything outside of just being an adult. <laughs> But I just feel like, how the hell is this manageable? And when did it become this way? You remember that song I opened Jessica Rose's uh, episode with Mm -hmm, by the mm -hmm. Ghetto Twins? Yes. The verse starts off by saying, if JB don't hustle, then my kid won't eat. And if my kid don't eat, then mama won't sleep. (laughs) That's the first two lines of the song. Jeez. I am right here with you um, already today. Literally. I have recorded three voiceovers for the Heinz podcast. Mm-hmm. I make sure you all go listen. It's We're working. Lots of, We're working. Uh, Noah had a blessing. play. Yes. Had to go to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded uh, three episodes of Jade and XC. Mm-hmm. I am now on an episode of Getting Grown. Mm-hmm. Um, still had to figure out dinner, like you said, washing clothes. <laughs> Feeding the cat, all cleaning the house, moving my ass. You know what I'm saying? Washing all it. All, uh, of that. all of that. Yeah. I just, and I'm not complaining because I know that we all have to do it. But just sometimes sitting with the reality that it is a lot that we all mm-hmm. have to manage. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm sharing this in hopes to encourage somebody who, somebody else who may be feeling overwhelmed. And by just basic necessity of of your everyday responsibilities. Mm. And uh, if you are feeling overwhelmed, you are not alone. You're not doing anything wrong. This no. is hard. <laughs> but we're doing it. 
And we I are. think we get to be honest about how difficult it is, though. Mm-hmm. And, and how tired we are. And that's fair, right? I, I want to yeah. get away from these narratives that say that we are ungrateful or um, complaining. No, no, no. Mm. This is real. Yeah. And I feel it's like not, maybe it would be a, not, oh God, I was at the mall I know, all day exactly. and my feet hurt. I mean, I just feel like, per, I guess I'm sharing this to sort of say like, if I would have seen and heard my mom and my aunties talk about how difficult it was, because mm-hmm. I felt like it was expressed in their, aff- in, in their affect, in their mood, their lack mm-hmm. of uh, sort of you know, just, you know, just their personalities, they came out, but I, I didn't, I feel like if I would have heard my mom sort of own Mm -hmm. that adulthood is really hard work, y'all. Like, and maybe it would be easier for me to take. Cause I think what still strikes me or I feel shame for, for being tired. Cause it's like, "Ah, what am I doing to be tired? Everything <laughs> and everybody else is tired. And if they're not tired, they're lying. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the only way you're doing this adulting thing, right. Is if it, if you're worn out and maybe that's the American way, <laughs> but, but oh, it is, but <laughs> it is the American way. So I've learned <laughs> we are. So I'll share my theory here that I mm-hmm. shared with XD. Um, after going abroad, I have since realized, which it could very be very obvious, that um, all of the Europeans who came over here to mind other people's business mm. um, were the rejects. So it was all of the black sheep My, and, the, and wow. the derelicts and all of the... So the Brits sent all of their rejects to Australia. Um, but they send a portion of them here as well, mm. as well as the Dutch and the Portuguese and the Spaniards and whoever else came over here um, but or, and went everywhere else as well. It was the rejects of those countries. So they didn't even want them there. So they went elsewhere, put their dicks on the table because they were like, well, they don't like us where we're from. And then here we are. But all of like the really like. Uh, uh, I'm trying to use words that I'm supposed to use. Um, all, <laughs> all of the ones who just really were just like the bottom of the barrel mm. came to America and therefore, and, and then instilled their bottom of the barrel ass systems here. And so it is quite ghetto, uh, my in the my. way that we have to work in order to get by. Whereas everybody else be abroad having holiday on holiday for months at a time and whatever else the fuck we be over here. Like, yes, we work 70 hours a week. Yes. For 50 years, for 50, Mm. 60 years. And we retire and enjoy the last eight to 11 years of our lives when we, (laughs) when we have literally wore ourselves out. Retirement Uh, when niggas don't want to do nothing at this point, but rock. So, so long petty peeve. I'm very sorry, but I just, (laughs) I just was just sharing. I I was thinking about what I could share and I thought, hell, I'm going to tell the truth because I can't be the only one that is looking around like my head is buzzing right now with exhaustion. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) You know, when you get so tired, your head is like, it's literally starts buzzing. That's where we are. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's a good like, time. Uh, you look, and I mean, listen, opportunities uh, to work and do things and walk in purpose are blessings. And I'm not uh, complaining. Uh, I prayed to be in the position no. that I am in, but I'm just saying mm-hmm. learning how to manage all of this is also a, lot. A, a, a task, a skill, something that needs to be developed and it requires practice. Sometimes you're going to practice, like we say before, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes progress. And sometimes you have a terrible practice mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it hurts Ooh, and it's many aw- times. Aw- awful. Most times you have a terrible practice uh, until you continue to grow and keep get better. But that's all I'm saying, y'all. If you tie girl, me too. <laughs> and that, my friends, is another episode of Getting Grown Thank you to our amazing, illustrious, intelligent, uh, shapely uh, <laughs> guest, Dr. Takia Robinson, who came to share her journey of I've learned um, so much becoming Dr. Robinson. And no, says for real, you were uh, you were open and you were honest, I and was. it was really nice to sit down and get a, a clear understanding of what it is you do and what also inspired that work and how it's not just what you do, but how it ties into who you are as a person. And so I hope everybody was able to get as much from my sit down with you as I was and (laughs) take them out for the rest of the show. Yeah, man. I want to tell you before we uh, sort of close out in our typical fashion, next week's episode, honey, all that we ever needed to know about what has contributed to the development of the J that we have grown <laughs> to know and love. Uh, you're going to get your lives. All right. Yay. One J, two cars. One J, two cars. <laughs> okay. So until that time, I want you to continue to drink all of the water that your body will allow because mm-hmm. listen, moisture is the key to life. Uh, what you need in life okay like the songwriter said Uh, like money power (laughs) what you need in life yes just like money power Uh, you also want to moisturize your mind by attending to the Mm. business that is yours and yours alone because when you attend to other people's business you sell 75 copies of your gospel Uh, CD 678 (laughs) if you're wondering the exact number (laughs) Because Nene said, when you do dirty, mm. you can't mm. win when you're dirty. And Monique uh, said, <laughs> when you do clownery, you do the clown comes back. The to clown bite. comes back to bite. <laughs> we should have known then that she was out of her mind. Either what? way. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, you also want to moisturize your skin. Tell them why, sis. Because your black will, I'm not even going to do her like that. It will crack if it's dry. <laughs> if it's dry. I will leave this person out of it. Bye-bye. Oh. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. <laughs>
Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.